Welcome to our podcast looking at diversity and inclusion. I'm Danielle Kingdon, a partner in our employment practice, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Kate Howitt, UK counsel for Zynga, a leading developer of social games. Welcome, Kate, and thank you for joining us today. Keeping the diversity and inclusion strategy top of the agenda is key to reading your workplace for the new world of work being accelerated and shaped by the COVID pandemic and new working models which present opportunities to increase the diversity profile of your business and to attract new talent. Kate, I know that Zynga is an equal opportunities employer and proud of its diverse community. The game sector has historically struggled to attract a diverse talent pool. And one obvious example is the small percentage of women in the sector. So can I start by asking about the key steps you've taken to attract diverse talent to your business? Hi, Danielle. First, thanks for having me. Yes, as you rightly say, the game sector is one that is still struggling to find a good balance of diversity. And this is something that our senior management team has put to the top of its agenda. One of the key steps for us to attract diverse talent is to do the basics well, being ensuring that the recruitment process is accessible to everybody, speaking to a diverse range of candidates and ongoing training. It's really important for us to reach the widest audience to ensure that we have the best access to the talent pool. We look at the pool in two ways. First, in terms of the current talent and then the medium longer term talent pipeline. Taking gender balance as an example, we try and tap into the existing talent pool by demonstrating our commitment to developing a diverse and inclusive culture by supporting organisations and events that share our vision. For example, Zynga has a long history of participating and hosting Power to Fly events, and more recently is the newest Women in Games ambassador. Then, when considering the longer term pipeline and what impact we can make to encourage girls and women to enter gaming, Zynga recently teamed with Girls Who Code, an organisation who wants to close the gender gap in tech and forge a more inclusive industry by offering opportunities for girls and women. Whilst we're really proud of the progress that we've made to date, we recognise that there's still work ahead. Kate, do you think that creating greater diversity in games themselves is part of the solution? Um, For example, more meaningful depiction of female characters and and greater representation of BAME and um, LGBTQ plus characters? Oh, absolutely. Um, Around 150 million people play our games every month, with around 50% of Zynga users being women. Therefore, it's essential for us to ensure that our games really represent our user base. A good example of how we do this is within our incredibly successful natural motion CSR2 racing game. The newest crew to take on the racing challenge is called Tashimi X. And the brief for this crew was to create a more representative group reflecting society. So here, users will find a crew that includes a non-binary character and one that has a visual impairment and underrepresented groups form the majority within this group, and it has been incredibly successful and well-received. I think we will see more characters from underrepresented groups dominating the games market in the next few years. That all sounds really positive. Thanks, Kate. Um, Now, the effects of the COVID pandemic have been more keenly felt by particular demographics, for example, diverse employees and working parents with lockdown, amplifying some pre-existing inequalities and challenges. How have you managed the impact of this at Zynga? Well, I mean, ensuring that all of our employees have felt fully supported 
over what has been an incredibly tough 12 months, that's been a real priority for us. And we've approached that in two ways, what we can do operationally and what we can do personally. Speaking on the first, very early on in 2020, we introduced the ability for all employees to work flexibly. Then where flexible working wasn't enough, we introduced paid leave for any number of reasons connected to COVID, whether it be to look after a family member, do homeschooling, or just take time out to care for your own mental well-being. Then on the personal side, our people ops teams have really listened to our employees throughout the pandemic on a one-to-one basis via anonymous surveys and our employee resource groups known as Zergs. Our Zergs have been incredibly active in creating really safe spaces for our employees to socialise and connect with others. But all in, I think the primary focus has been encouraging employees to think and look after their mental health. We gifted employees um, a monthly subscription to Calm, which I love. Mm-hmm. We've offered confidential counselling sessions. And my personal favourite is we hosted a external speaker series that from a number of impre- professionals, which included Adrian Herbert of the Power Hour, to talk about what practical steps we could take to promote good mental health. And all of these initiatives have been to try and get employees to look after themselves. Fabulous. Thank you. Um, Many employers are understandably keen to get employees back into the physical workplace, but retaining employee trust and confidence and reinforcing an inclusive workplace culture will require a thoughtful approach. What approach to continued homeworking are you taking at Zynga? We're taking a measured and pragmatic approach, I'd say. Whilst we've been incredibly successful throughout the pandemic, with our employees showing that they can perform at the highest levels whilst being at home, we also know it's been really difficult. You know, many of our studios are an utter joy to work in with great facilities and perks, which people want to enjoy again. But employees also like the luxury of rolling out of bed, working in their PJs, and a personal one for me, avoiding the cost and time associated with a long commute. So all of our studios and teams have been given time to really think about what their needs are against how employees want to work to try and strike that balance in creating the new normal. Um, And because of this, for many of our employees, we envisage the future workplace to be a hybrid one, or as we like to describe it, a connected approach. Thanks, Kate. Um, What do you see as the key challenges businesses in your sector face going forwards in attracting and retaining a diverse workforce? I see many challenges um, for us. First, I think we'll be overcoming the lack of women and those from underrepresented groups wanting to pursue a career in science, tech, engineering and mathematics. Um, In preparing preparing for this podcast, um, I found a statistic from our partners, Girls Who Code, that I found shocking and really interesting. In 1995, 37% of computer scientists were women. Today, it's only 24% and we need to figure out why. The next will be to deal with the fact that there is a lack of opportunity in the form of internships, work experience and entry level tech jobs. And then when people enter the industry, the lack of opportunity continues in the form of career progression. Then when looking at how to retain a balanced workforce, if you achieve that, the challenge will be maintaining that commitment and satisfying the ongoing and new expectations employees will have. The final challenge 
and possibly the biggest will be that this change will all take time. The fact is we're not going to see, we're not going to create a balanced industry overnight and we've got to be in it for the long haul. And what do you see as the key steps for your business and other facing similar challenges to take to address this? Um, well, for our business, we have made a conscious effort to be clear on our diversity goals and provide the funding necessary to achieve those goals. Our biggest commitment to date is the creation of our social impact fund. This is a $25 million fund focused on increasing diversity and inclusion within Zynga and the games industry generally. And the fund has already been mandated to deliver on a series of actions. These actions include the appointment of a full-time leadership role solely for diversity. And for the first time in Zynga history, publishing a global diversity, equality and inclusion survey. Other actions include increasing the investments in our Zergs and offering internal mentorship and leadership programmes. The core objectives of our Zergs is to have a positive impact on employees' careers by strengthening and building employee networks across the business and to maximise opportunities. So it's really essential that they're properly funded. Um, we've also seen action in university partnerships and intern programmes to try and support the next generation of women and people from underrepresented groups in STEM subjects. There's so many steps that businesses can take, but they have to follow through on the promises and commitments they make. Um, it's also essential for those leading the industry to not sit on the sidelines, but to lead the charge on the diversity discussion. I think for us, all the small steps that we take as a business every day really demonstrate our commitment to including and supporting all of our employees. And whilst there have been positive steps in the space, gaming does have a long way to go on diversity, and we would really like to be at the forefront of this. Kate, huge thanks for joining us today. It's been a really insightful hearing about your diversity and inclusion initiatives and future plans, which I know will be of huge interest to many of our listeners. Um, thank you to everyone for listening and please do get in touch um, if you have any queries on the issues discussed today.